You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Michelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And that door is open and that's super noisy. Uh-oh. Well, hang on. Start us off. Start us off. All right. We are back. Oh, wait. We just introduced ourselves again. Oh, wait. It's not an introduction. Um, we squeaky noises. We realize that looking at the episodes, the most popular episodes seem to be the ones listened to by women. And I'm sorry, ladies, but as much as you'd like me to be one, I'm not a woman. <laughs> and I'm sorry. But I do know a lot about women. I was raised by women. I came out of a woman. So I've done my homework. <laughs> yes. And to, so today we're going to talk a little bit more about ladies. And Rochelle happens to be a woman, but she doesn't have autism and she doesn't have ADHD. She doesn't have any of the fun stuff. Let's just break it down and be real. <laughs> she has other issues yes, that that's true. are qualified under, what is it that you have? You are empathetic. Hyper empathy. Right. Pathetic being the number one. Oh, thanks. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. I, yeah, I it's understand. Joke. It's not the same. Um, it's not the same. But... Rochelle thought, and I agree, that women are important. Very. And I think we need to talk more about how autism and ADHD are different in women. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know, and I talk to a lot of um, people throughout the week, and I talk to a lot of parents, and I talk to a lot of spouses, and when women presents an ADHD, it's really interesting and often over, um, how do I want to say it? It's, it's misrepresented and grossly misunderstood and what i notice in women who are really working to balance their lives and and they have autism or adhd is they feel extraordinarily misunderstood i agree and i think that's fair for everyone with autism and adhd and anxiety i, I think feeling misunderstood is a common thread but there's still a reason why women are more likely to be missed than men and i think that's an important thing that we should explore. Why it's it? the height different differential. <laughs> the height men, difference. Men tend to be taller. Okay. I found that. Not me though. No. I'm short. I'm right there with you, ladies. I'm a little fella. <laughs> I'm only five eight. Right. I I think women actually are, especially women with ADHD, um, and they have that hyper hyperactivity sense and and the eject rejection sensitivity and rsd um the um the the talkative nature like they're commonly just you know what are route. you do you have a you have a talkative nature you have got some uh dodged i that's how i like to say it i don't like to say adhd anymore i like to say adahad oh adahad no i just come from a very big family Big family. All right. Yes. Continue. But I, I do think that it's common that women with ADHD are often recognized to be like, oh, they're just, you know, 
the ones that never stop and they burn the candle at both ends and they have to have everything perfect and they work too hard and they do too much. And if anything, they're more socially classified as meth heads <laughs> in, in some states. Yes. But no, that's not the point I'm making. It's just, you know, oh, you're just the perfect mom, you know, and, and they get written off as as someone who may actually just need some help, like not just help to accomplish all the things that they're doing, but but help to also recognize that, you know, just because they're doing all that work doesn't mean that their central nervous system isn't totally on fire. Well, this all comes back down to the fact that we as a culture don't recognize mental health. I agree. In the, in the way that we should, because people just jump to, oh, this person, wow, that person's a spaz. Right. Which I actually realized... I found in one of my groups, um, one of my Facebook groups, that spaz is like a negative connotation it is attached become, to that. So yeah. now you say that and people go, oh, that's... <gasps> yeah, it's mean. That's, that's, yeah, which when I was a kid growing up, it's like, don't be a spaz. We didn't really have the same negative connotation to it. But I also feel like, again, we're we were just talking about this, right? Weren't we just talking about this cancel culture thing? Yeah, we were. That... To a degree, I feel like so many people in the public eye anyway are are ready to jump and pounce on certain things. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I think we get too wrapped up in the, the verbiage of it all now because of the internet. Everyone, every, the second you say something, someone hears it and then they have an immediate response to it instead of having the ability to let it die. Think about it this way. A hundred years ago... Or maybe more than that, you had to write a. If you wrote a letter to someone, you probably took a minute to write them back. You didn't just sit there and go, "Okay, you son of a bitch," right. and then write. Like you yeah, had to think about it. You had time before you slipped it to the um, to the mail carrier, some dude that was going to ride like sixty miles on a right. horse, so that you could really think about what you were going to say. And now you can just regurgitate something after someone else has just regurgitated something without giving them the the benefit of the doubt and saying like oh maybe this person right well you're you're touching on an interesting point because one of the things we've definitely done in our society is we've created much more social judgment like we're we snap to classify people's responses based on you know stereotypical responses and reactions and as and we don't take a lot of time to think about those reactions all the time which incidentally is exactly what happens when you're in a fight or flight central ner- um, autonomic nervous system response just yeah, just so you know okay it's that instant like your ego is triggered and you're like oh, i'm not gonna take that shit like that is a fight or flight response you can't snap can you i snapped kind of oh, i can't really snap no oh yeah you do a better job look at that my left hand works but right. my point is that we live so elevated all the time. And if you're coming from a place of fight or flight, whether it's intentional or unintentional or biological at this point, like you just, I firmly believe anxiety, ADHD, depression, and autism all live on either the fight or flight side of the scale or the free side of the scale. And this, for this exact reason. And, you know, I really wish we talked more about the farting and fornicating side of the scale. <laughs> Because you mentioned that before. I did. And one those, time. One time. Only in one episode. Though. All right. One episode. And <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about it. I don't know. Oh I don't goodness. know about the rest of you. 
I know. I was if you can't stop thinking about it either, call in now. One eight hundred. Okay. I know. I was doing some really intense research on the fight or flight system, and that came up, but I now regret ever saying it. But yes, I don't. I. I. I, I mean, neurologically speaking, yeah, because you know, sex is one of those stimulating things, and is it? You. So I know that, around that here. you are aware of people who have a, a process of fighting and then having sex. Wait, what? You know, you have you have people in your social circles. Do I? Who will fight after sex. And to the point where it's like fighting is okay because we're just going to have sex. Like there are people who have actually turned that into an acceptable behavior. And maybe it is. I'm just saying there's people who have linked that together and you know them. Fighting after sex. Fighting before sex. Ah, you said before. You said after. Fighting and then having sex. Yes. Sounds great. It doesn't to me. Well, no, I know. It sounds completely counterproductive. Like counterintuitive, like you don't do one and then go to the other. Yeah, but to me, there's see, well, that's where we differ because sex is like food. Like you need it to survive so you don't kill people. But when I'm in a sensory overload situation. Yeah, but you're still going to eat. I, I, I can be on a diet. I mean, like, I'm not going to connect those things together. You are like not if, on a diet. <laughs> like from food, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the holidays. No one should have to diet during okay, the holidays. Okay, fair enough. But my point is, that, like, that's a, that's a hard transition for me because if we're fighting, I am not in a sensory um, seeking place neurologically. I'm in a sensory avoidant place. So I don't understand how we're going to go from fighting because i i tend to freeze when we fight i might mouth off but i'm neurologically going to freeze and at that point i'm sensory avoidant so i don't see how anyone turns the corner unless you're sensory seeking i mean i i understand that that you know would feel really different and both are different types of stimulation once this is a fascinating conversation to have with your whatever we are with your friend my, sure. my friend yeah friend why does it have to be a why why does that matter? What the who it is? Huh? Huh? I'm saying it matters who who's having the conversation with me right now, no? Okay. I didn't think it would. Okay. Well, continue. Sorry. No, it's okay. We're just I mean, I thought we were talking about autism. We <laughs> and fornicating. Let's get back to autism actually. All right. Let's and get less back to of it. the fornicating. All right, fine. Okay. So I think it's a fair statement to really address the differences in how we're responding to different things because one side of the scale is going to shut down and, and go into more of a freeze response and the other side is going to get all in their egos and want to, you know, fight. And they could do that with words. They could, you know, get physically agitated. Like it's it just it's two sides of the scale. Right. They might pass gas. You and did know. you know that women are more likely to freeze? When they pass gas? No, when they fight. 14 times more likely to freeze than men. 14 times? 14 times more likely to freeze. Okay. They've been showing... Where'd been, you read this? I have been researching a neurological... Uh, what do they call A neurologist who um, studies brain scans. A neurological scans. neurologist? I know. I messed up my words. A neurologist who's been studying the differences between men and women's brains and men and women's brains in autism. And he said that women are 14 times more likely to freeze during a fight or flight response okay. than men. I find that interesting. 
I do too. But that means that in the same situation where you might feel... Im- what, what are men more likely to do? Fight. Uh, I do not see that being the, the case. More often than not, and maybe this is just my personal experience, is that women tend to fight. Not with, not with autism. Men freeze. Oh, but we're talking about autism, not just regular women. Right. <laughs> women with autism will tend to freeze. Oh in a man, fight I gotta more. find me one of these. These ladies. Yeah, it wasn't me. I gotta get me an autistic woman. <laughs> Anybody out there? Call one eight hundred. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? I, I I can't have my own one eight hundred. No, you totally number? can. Did you know that one of the most um, telltale signs to identify autism in women is um, penis size. In women? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I was going to say evaluation of their interest, of their fixed interests. Yes. Fixed interests. Being being what? Like what kinds of things are women interested in? Well, so women with women tend to focus more on picking fixed interests that are more socially relevant. Um, they could be mm. like church work or connected to environmental causes like the PTA. I was going to say PTA. Is that why women are so like involved well, so that's not fair because women can be involved in a lot of those things. So I see what you're saying. So you're saying women are involved in these certain things and then the autistic mom comes in there and she's like super obsessed with something, but it looks like like she's a, an outstanding contributor. Typical mom. Correct. Because they're all involved. Correct. But then she might the autistic mom might be more inclined to be like way more obsessed or something correct that's gotcha. right that's but right then that's why, why wouldn't like uh w- but then like wouldn't autistic dads be more involved in those kinds of things well you'd think but i but my research says that the um the dads are more interested in well you know the rule like what actually piques your interest it's going to be urgent <laughs> important or interesting to you and i don't think contributing in social school environments is interesting to most men i disagree I can't wait to contribute. <laughs> You're going to bake a bunch of cupcakes? Well, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't mind showing up and being the cool dad. I think that would be awesome. I could be like uh, the kindergarten copulator. Okay. I That's think that joke. it shows up more in like, you know, sports or fantasy football teams or, no. you know, like model, you know, building model airplanes or things like it's just it's a it's a different type of. You're fiction. talking about glue huffing. <laughs> no, I was thinking about the time and patience and, you know, detail orientation. What about mo- what about people that love movies and music, Rochelle? Well, I think that is a very common um, illustration of, of, of a fixed interest in autistic men and very socially acceptable because what a brilliant way to actually use, you know, culture, movies and TV shows and actors and, you know, all of that as a great talking point. So you actually, you know, can use it to make new friends or have things to talk about where, you know, I think before if your fixed interest was a little more on the isolation side of things like model trains, you didn't, it's not like you're going to go up to a party and be like, Hey, how's your model train coming? You know, like movies are going to be so much more socially engaging. Right. And you do a really good job of that. I do. I also love model trains. I know you do. That's why it came to my mind. Yeah. It's not a great example. I was just searching my brain for things I know you like that are more socially like. Who do you know that likes model trains? You. No, I don't. It was a joke. 
you have built, we have gotten you different model cars and things to build over the years. I've played with Legos at the most. What's the What's the difference? Legos are not model trains. Legos are still... in a, in a different realm of cool. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you. Know, I'm glad you know this. You're still building on a micro level, though. No. Huge level. <laughs> women. We're talking about women. We were talking about huge women. <laughs> no, we're not. Talk- we're talking about women. Women of all sizes. Okay. No. Should we start this over again? No. we're too far into it now ladies and gentlemen oh my gosh i think the other really important point i don't know if you know this but um women find women with autism find a way to adapt socially fairly well but one of the differences between autistic women and neurotypical women is that it comes naturally for a neurotypical woman and a woman with autism is going to be forced to kind of be in that realm of mirroring and masking and as a result she's going to have a much higher anxiety as uh, from it and find the entire experience um, more exhausting and more stressful Hmm. see i don't i guess i just don't i don't know enough about people that aren't me (laughs) well that's a good to contribute okay to a, a degree that feels genuine okay well, why don't you click on that tab? I did pull up a site that might get the middle one that says how AD and, and ADHD is another thing that goes largely undiagnosed in women. Did you know that? Did ADHD. You, ADHD. Yeah, a did lot you, of, yeah. I and more often women have ADD. I mean, my understanding is that like, because what I learned being diagnosed with ADHD is that, I'm sorry, I'm yawning. Um, we're recording this on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. So um, I'm a little bit thrown off. But no, I'm I'm happy to be here. Thank you for coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just did a whole bit by yourself. I did. Didn't need anybody. Mm-mm, no, it was just good. me. Um, what was I saying? About being you. Yeah, something about being. Oh, it's it's. It, we were it's talking great. about how women with ADHD also get largely missed. Oh, because when 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 young ladies when they're children, see that's the thing is that it's it's typical that. ADHD is thought of as a boy's, I wasn't going to say illness, but it's not illness. Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Sure. Right. Autism is too, because actually. Because when, when young girls have ADHD, it presents more as their dreamers. Well, that's the ADD side of it. The, okay. the inattentive, because now they've actually split it. They've done ADHD, which is hyperactive, and ADD, which is inattentive. And what you're saying, I agree with. Most girls are... ADD versus ADHD and they are missed because they because ADD presents as more of a daydreamer. That's 100% correct. And literally ADD means a daydreamer. Oh. Think about it. That's that's cool. You're right. It does. Yeah. My cousin has ADD and um it's not just daydreaming also. Like she can get so she has such vivid and expansive thoughts that like if you if you said to her hey go look at that painting tell me what you think of that painting she'd walk over to the painting and she would stare at it for 45 minutes and but she'd forget to tell you what she thinks about it because she's so busy you know being engulfed and and enjoying the experience of of looking at the painting and when you finally go hey can you tell me what you think and she'd go oh right like you have to kind of bring her back but then the 
beauty that she would describe that she saw looking at this painting that I'm looking at going, man, I wish I saw things through your eyes. Like it is such a cool way of looking at things, but she got so lost in the experience. She forgot to come back and have the conversation. Hmm. So, you know, you would just think, oh, look at her. She's just, you know, having a deep thought. And in reality, it's almost like, you know, she has low, such low impulsivity that she doesn't come back and finish the conversation. And I find that a lot with ADD. Like it's such low impulsivity and ADHD is high impulsivity. So you can see the difference in the moms with ADHD that are like, oh, I'm the super mom of three kids and I'm and I volunteer for this and I make sure that I, you know, donate this and I do that and I do that and I, and and. Unfortunately, this concept of a super hyper schedule is become so commonplace that women with ADHD who have that hyperactive, hyperactive tendency, and they're really killing themselves to pull off this ridiculous schedule all day long. Everyone just looks at them and go, oh, you're just the perfect person. And they're going, but I'm really struggling, you know, and I'm and I'm and I'm tired and, and I, but I can't stop. So they also need help and are mostly missed and misunderstood it's too bad it's a lot when you're in charge of the kids and the after school activities and cleaning the house and dinner i mean you can see how over time you talked about a hundred years ago yeah looking at the differences and life was a lot simpler back then what do you think people with autism did a hundred years ago I don't know, but I do think autism was in opium. our culture. I bet they did opium. <laughs> hundred years ago. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think anyone would have noticed. I think they would have been uh, mostly undiagnosed unless it was, um, you know, that really level three where mm. they needed a lot of care. I think, I think unfortunately, just like uh, just like anxiety and depression, I think ADHD and autism have been present in our culture for the past hundred years and just now getting the recognition. Did you know the very first study done in the United States to attempt to understand and quantify how many adults age 18 and over have autism, men and women combined? The first study was done last year. I did not know that, Rochelle. Last year. Last year. What year was that? 2020. That's is it, the is first it 2021 time. already? That's the first time we attempted to collect that data. All right. That's, um, that's, uh, I just, I'm, She's I'm, shaking. I'm speechless because on one hand, I'm like, how did we wait so long to try and ask, answer that question? I don't know how we tried to ask, answer that question. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I went to say a different word to answer that question, I but we know. did not start to get a handle on. And, it, and they even said with the number, I think it was like 2.2 million of the population, 2.2%, which is. 5.4 million people in our population and then it said the very next sentence was we think this is grossly underreported we're like you think <laughs> do you think hmm. they didn't even really start naming it i mean i know autism was around i think it was like in the in the early part of the century but it really didn't start getting traction until 1980s 1990s yeah hi do you want to say hi oh this is done honey this is no no more yeah, do you want to say hi? Oh, no hi? You, 
You're gonna have to cover for me. Oh no! Don't 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 no. leave me again. <laughs> just go. I gave you some great websites. Just you know. Oh like, crap! I don't know what to do. It's just me and the ladies now. He needs. Hold on. I'll be right back. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Blake here. Sorry about that. Let's see. <laughs> I'm just going to read this article from Attitude Magazine. How autism in women is different. Unique ASD symptoms and risks. Do the symptoms of autism in women differ from typical ASD symptoms in men? Yes. For one, women on the autism spectrum may be able to... See, this is talking more about autism and not ADHD. Here we go. Let's talk more about ADHD because we talk about autism all the time. Um, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to read that. Yes. For one, women on the autism spectrum may be able to mimic social standards better than some autistic men. They often describe taking an on personas or mimicking other people to fit in. A woman with autism may show a larger range of emotion in her face and voice. She might be able to adopt social standards fairly well, but might find it exhausting and stressful. The drama of female peer relationships can feel really overwhelming and not enjoyable. She might even gravitate toward male friendships for this reason. Intense fixed interests are a main symptom of autism. Women may fixate on more socially relevant hobbies, which we just talked about. They might jump into church or environmental causes. Their autism may be missed because of the mainstream nature of these interests. But the people who know them best are often quick to point out how obsessive their interest actually is. Autism in women can present with an eating disorder. In fact, research shows that around 23% of females with eating disorders are on the autism spectrum. Studies also suggest that women with autism who are diagnosed with anorexia benefit less from treatment than do non-autistic patients. The fixation for these women might be nutrition, or they might have really restricted repetitive eating profiles because of sensory issues or because they crave repetition. Since the eating disorder is most critical, is the most critical and evident condition, the autism spectrum disorder op- often gets overlooked. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, and Rochelle is back. A, sig- a significant risk for women with autism is being taken advantage of in relationships. One particular study reported a shockingly high incidence, oh, this is scary, of sexual abuse. Uh-oh. Half of the accounts occurred in relationships. Wow. Nine out of 14 participants. That's a high rate. Out of three people. I don't know how they got so many. Oh, that's not the right number. No, nine out of 14. That's high. This is from Attitude Magazine. A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E-M-A-G.com. Really great resource if you're not tuned into it yet. Um, sign up for their newsletter. It's really interesting. And then I was going to jump into this ADHD thing. Wow. And then I, I Can didn't. we go back to that real quick? So eating disorders and sexual abuse? Yeah. I never would have guessed that. I mean, it makes sense. It's just like with you, um, they missed your they missed autism because your ADHD was so prevalent, and so with women, they're going after eating disorders. Wow, which makes sense because from a social emotional standpoint, eating always plays that role um, with like weight and you know visual looks, um, physical appearance. But the sensory part of it is really interesting. And, you know, I think it's probably much easier for women to get missed because you just look like you're on some new diet, you know, because most diets are so restrictive. You wouldn't even notice that it's restrictive because of because of a sensory or repetitive eating profile versus like the such and such diet that only allows you to do this or eat this before noon or whatever. That's that's really interesting. Huh. 
And and it's really disappointing to hear that women with autism are being taken advantage of in relationships. But I can totally understand. Ah, oh, that just breaks my heart. I mean, you just you know, think... but you don't hear. Not enough men are being taken advantage of. <laughs> I'd like someone to take advantage of. Oh, uh, that's a different. That's different. This is like this is physical sexual abuse. Not talking about sexual abuse, because um, now you're making it weird. No, I'm talking about what it says. A significant risk for women. Hold on. Uh oh. Crap. Let's talk about ADHD. How symptoms differ in women. This is from VeryWellMind.com, an article by Keith Lowe, published on October 22nd, 2021. Um, one of the reasons why ADHD frequently goes undiagnosed in women and girls is their symptoms often differ from those of men and boys. ADHD comes in three presentations, inattentive, hyperactive, impulsive, or a combination of the two. Men and boys tend to have hyperactive impulsive ADHD, which may cause them to be fidgety, which is why I am currently fidgeting. Always on the go, disruptive, I do not do that. Restless, talkative, impulsive, impatient, and have mood swings. No thank you, I don't have those. Women, on the other hand, have a tendency to exhibit inattentive ADHD, which makes it hard to focus, pay attention to details, stay organized, listen, and rem remember things. Some of the characteristics of inattentive ADHD, such as being shy or impulsive, are often viewed as personality traits rather than symptoms. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, reports that boys are more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls, 12.9% versus 5.6%. However, research suggests that this disparity is not because boys are more susceptible, but instead because girls are consistently underdiagnosed. Ooh. Studies generally show that white men and women with ADHD are more... Nope, that's not what it says. Studies generally show that while men and women... <laughs> that's gotcha. a significantly a different uh, conversation. Studies generally show that while men and women are with ADHD are more alike than different... There are a few small differences. During adolescence, girls tend to have fewer coping strategies and worse self-efficacy than boys. Interesting. Girls and women also have fewer externalizing symptoms such as aggression than men, but higher levels of depression and anxiety. I'm going to take a guess and say that's because of the hormonal differences. Yes. You know what's funny? Hmm. Well, think about the word hormones. Mm -hmm. It's offensive. Uh-huh. You, it's not my favorite word, no. Because it sounds like a moaning whore. <laughs> <laughs> well, hormones can make you do that. I just got elbowed in the throat. <clears throat> By who? Not for not. That was not me that did the elbow. No, in the throat. no, no. He was jumping around on the. Here bed. comes another moaning whore. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> well, no, we are attempting to uh, record this podcast while <laughs> our toddler is awake. So. Hence the experiment. Normally, he is asleep. He is napping. Um, that's our strategy. It's the only that's two right. hours of the day. But interesting. I think it probably does have something to do with hormones because when, when you have that high estrogen, you know, it definitely has a different impact on the brain than when the testosterone uh, rages. And the, so keep going. This is interesting. Where was I? Why ADHD symptoms in women are often explained away. I think this is really important. <clears throat> ADHD symptoms in girls are often viewed as character traits 
rather than symptoms of a condition. For example, a girl might be described as spacey, forgetful, or chatty. Later in life, a woman might reach out for help for her symptoms only to be ignited be diagnosed with depression or anxiety instead. So I had a coworker, or actually she was an employee of mine. She was a phenomenal therapist just two years ago. I hired her on the spot because her skills were so good, but she could not stop talking. And it was the one downfall this therapist had, and it, it actually started to chase away clientele because in a massage setting, some people also have nervous anxiety and they want to talk through their, excuse me, through their own sessions. And then there's that other side of the clientele. They're like, oh, my God, stop talking to me. I can't relax. And she could not downregulate. Like she she was chatty Cathy for both types of clientele and got a lot of complaints. But eventually and I didn't know anything about ADHD at the time. We hadn't even figured anything. I didn't even know that it was a thing. I just knew that there was something about her where she could not stop talking even during a session. And it was just the most interesting thing. And then after we discovered your ADHD and I started to look at some of the things, I kept thinking to myself, man, I wonder if she has this. Now, she also had very severe migraines. And I've recently learned that... So do the people she talked to. (laughs) Well, that is true, unfortunately. That is very true. But I've recently learned that migraines are another reason why ADHD symptoms in women can be missed. Because of your grains. Because of our grains, yes. Yes, okay. Those migraines, yep. The good news is that there is an increasing awareness about ADHD symptoms in women, which means more women are able to get the help they need. I agree, that's good. Women with ADHD face the same feelings of being overwhelmed and exhausted as men with ADHD commonly feel. Psychological distress, feelings of inadequacy, low self-esteem, and chronic stress are common. Mm -hmm. Often women with ADHD feel that their lives are out of control or in chaos, and daily tasks may seem impossibly huge. Mm. That's going to be a really big blow to like just your overall self-esteem as a woman. That's hard. You know, my self-esteem as a woman is often impacted by these things. I'm I'm sure it is. Our culture commonly expects women to fill the caretaker role. Tell uh, me about there you it. Go. When things feel out of control and it's difficult to organize and plan because of ADHD, taking care of others can feel nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. This societal pressure also may greatly increase a woman's feelings of inadequacy. I think one of the other big points to say about that is that we don't have a culture that really celebrates the idea of self-care or that you need to put your own needs first we have this idea that you're supposed to sacrifice yourself for everyone else and as a result it makes these signs much more difficult because our culture just expects a level of sacrifice and i think it's true in both genders i think men are expected to sacrifice at work and take on the more stressful jobs to get the most amount of money and they run you know like their heads into the walls constantly high stress in that way and the women are supposed are often expected to do the same at home I've never expected any of those things No you were really good actually you never really wanted me were to, have I? to work Were did I, I think say I it still wrong? I think I still am Okay, maybe. 
Wow, thanks. I'm just saying, I still have to work. But then you add on that women who... You still have to work. Well, that's the thing. We live in a world now where women want equal rights. Well, guess what, buddy? Equal <laughs> rights means we're all working. Yeah, well, I think we're all working because we, we overspend and overconsume. But I don't think it's a... I don't think that's a gender issue. I think that it just it has come from one. You don't think that women work because of equal rights? I thought that that was the whole point, was for us to all work together. I think there's a lot of shades to that conversation. All right. I agree. And I think there's a lot of times because of the cost of living. Whatever a smart man would say, insert here. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Keep going. Common signs of ADHD in women. Let's, let's get oh, I don't want to read this whole article. No, just read the bullet points. You don't have to read each explanation. Just Relationships. Okay. Social life. Okay. Work. Okay. School. Daily life. Oh, stop none right there. Of, none of this makes sense. Well, you're going too fast. Okay. Relationships. Social life. Because you're not able to do the things that society expects women to do, people may think you don't care. That's a judgment. That's a social judgment. That's not fair. That uh, that co that commonly happens, actually. Mm. Even in my own friend circles, I, I see that. Social life. So while you may be talkative, you may dislike going to parties and other social gatherings. Yeah, I can see that. I, I'm that way. I may be talkative, but I do not enjoy gatherings and parties. I don't. Oh, Rochelle doesn't like to leave the house. I don't. But then she wants me to leave the house. Back in the day when we would do things. She would want me to go do things. She left again. She left me again. I'm all alone. No. Work. Being at the office feels difficult. The noise and people make it hard to get work done. You may choose to stay late or come in early because the only time you can get work effectively... Nope. The only time you can work effectively is when everyone else has left and is quiet. Your desk at work is piled high with papers. Even when you make a big effort to tidy it, it only stays clear for a day or two. And then it comes back to being craziness. School. In school, ADHD, ADHD symptoms in girls might get overlooked because women, I don't know where the accent came from, are more likely to have inattentive ADHD, which doesn't have the visible behavior problems that hyperactive impulsive ADHD usually does. Girls with ADHD may also hyperfocus on things that interest them, which may lead teachers and parents to overlook the possibility of ADHD. As an adult, you may feel frustrated that people you went to school with pass you by with their achievements, even though you know you're just as smart. I will say this, and I'll say a lot of things. When I was in school, I had a really hard time. I mean, I'm not a woman, but I do have ADHD and I'm autistic. And to be fair, we're all born as, as uh, women, right? Don't, don't we all, aren't we all women? At some, we're all female at one point and then they kick a gene around and then boop, penis. So I'm sorry about that. But, but the point is <laughs> that, um, that I had a point. Oh, in school. I didn't really do very well in elementary school, and so I would get B's in class, and I would I would really have a hard time. And uh, you know, uh, I had uh, bad. To me, anything less than perfection was was uh, failure, and so I still feel that way to a degree. And um, I remember having a, a teacher parent teacher conference or something. What's wrong? Just calming you. Oh, a parent 
teacher conference with Ms. Ms. or Mrs. McConnell. I don't remember her. She was not a very nice lady. It's my third grade teacher. And my stepdad and my mom, they all showed up. And I was like, B is not good. A B is bad, like B pluses. And I was not doing very good in school. And uh, they're like, no, Bs are above average. And I'm like, no, an A is above average. Um, so that whole idea of being frustrated in school when you see people passing you by with their achievements, I remember this, uh, like other kids getting straight A's in school, even though you know you're just as smart. Like I always, I always, I, I assumed that I, I had to have been smart and then I wasn't getting the grades, but I think it was just because I don't think that the teachers were teaching me in a way that was uh, beneficial to me. I agree with that. And because I, like, I'll never forget like being in college and I had an English class and I was having the hardest time that this teacher was giving me a ton of shit because I wasn't putting uh, my commas in the right place because no one had ever properly taught me how to use a comma. And so... She kept trying to explain it and it just didn't make any sense to me. So I would just put commas where I thought they went. Mm-hmm. And again, like no one ever really fully explained it. It was just like, you should know this by now. Oh, that's a that was the, that was like my experience in school was that you should know this by now. And instead of actually teaching it to me. Right. And then, so then I was just like, I guess, I mean, to this day, I don't really know how to use a comma properly. <laughs> and it's not because I'm stupid. It's just because I don't think anyone's smarter, like anyone smart enough to understand that I needed a different level of education. I think that is the biggest point right there is that so much. Thank you for coming back and saving me. You're welcome. I've been here for a little bit, but um, I think that that is a very common challenge with students and parents right now is that most of the teachers don't, you know, my mom is a um, high school teacher and she's the department head of her high school. And until we really started understanding autism in our family and then um, understanding how that autism was different between adults and children. And all the time, and she's listening to me go through all of the the learnings and whatnot, even her own students, she did not know, were really suffering with anxiety and ADHD and autism. And now she's listened so much about it, she is able to stand in and understand and go up to her student and go, Student, uh, are you overwhelmed right now? And yes. That's what she calls them? No, I'm just for privacy, not saying their names. Okay. And they're like, yes, I'm overwhelmed. And so she's she is stepping into a role, which I'm so proud of her for, but it's not typical of, of teachers, actually, to have the training of this, to understand an autistic meltdown or, you know, the hyperactivity of ADHD or the rejection sensitivity component or all of these things that come with it. Isn't she retiring next year? I know. She's actually really disappointed about it because she's just finally getting a handle on these things and the difference she's able to make in her students' lives because she knows this. But, I mean, she's retiring from an almost 30-year career and learning more about how to help and support her students with neurodiversity from from us as a family than she's ever learned in her career because there still isn't enough education for the educators. And the challenge is, now, when you got those report cards, and I remember reading them because they're saved in your baby book, one of the most common negative pieces of feedback you got was about your behavior. Mm-hmm. He doesn't focus enough, and he's too chatty, and if he would just apply himself and... You know, he's a little bit hyperactive. They didn't use that word. They said you were a little bit antsy. You're antsy all the time. And, you know, and so his behavior isn't great. And what they're 
what's unfortunate is in the schools, they relate behavior to this idea of like perfect compliance. So if you're not perfectly compliant, you have bad behavior. Right. And a lot of the parents I work with on a, on a daily basis right now are having the same challenges with their kids. And these parents are calling home and going, your child's behavior is inappropriate. And they're like, what does that mean? And the teachers just, well, he talks out of turn and he, and he this and he that. And, and so they're just grasping at straws because even the teachers trying to give the feedback, not all teachers, some teachers understand, but not all teachers, it's not a universal industry update yet, can say, well, they're dysregulated or they're overstimulated or, you know, all these different real pieces of feedback instead of just all being labeled as bad behavior. And I watched you experience the exact same thing, both in your careers, when you were um, at school for ASL, and in the feedback forms from when you were a kid. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you're doing that thing again. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I am. You did. I think the story you're telling is incredibly relevant. I agree. It's very relevant. Thank you. I wish I had more to say on the subject. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. Me too. Um, I think that too many times we are not looking deep enough at the source behind the experiences we're having with each other and too often it's about whether or not you know you're giving me what I want versus like the the environment we're inadvertently creating for each other which may be you know very blinding and I think just looking at this list for ADHD with women in daily life and you look at paper clutter overspending disorganization and indecision those topics alone you know, I see that every day. I see those as, as, and don't look at my paper clutter. It's organized. Ish. But I see those things every day, and each one of those topics can be very, very triggering for anyone. I think male, male and man, men and women. But I think there's an expectation that women will have mastered those particular things. And when we don't, it's like, oh, I'm a failure. You talked before about anything less than an A made you feel like you were a failure mm -hmm. and that level of perfectionism. And now I'm just looking for someone with a double D's. Going the opposite way. Yeah. Set of A's. I see the flip. That's Sorry. cute. That's cute. It but, is cute. But my point remains, if you're not perfect at something. I can't stop focusing on the double D's. <laughs> I noticed because I made the statement and the look across your face was like pure rejection of whatever I'd said. And you're like, does not compute. I have an image in my head. <laughs> I wanted to mention this just because I just brought it up. Um, I, I, I asked you a question. This was like, it came up in my news feed. Uh -huh. Like, as, you know. Like the memories, the Facebook yeah, memories? Fem Facebook memories for some, some silly joke thing I came up with. Yeah. And it was, uh, I was like, what would be... If, 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 if boobs were made of ice cream, oh gosh. what would you call them? And I came up with a great name and you didn't think it was funny. Oh, well, let's see if I think it's funny now. Hagen bras. Uh, I don't know. Instead of Hagen <laughs> dazs What? Yes, what? Oh, I, get up. He just told me to get up. Did you? I fell. Oh, you, you fell? 
No, he farted. Oh, he farted. <laughs> oh, well, your dad was. Your dad's very proud of you, honey. I'm very proud of you. See, you want. You didn't like Hagen Bras. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I didn't like it. Then it's funny. No, it's not. I take it back. No, I'm very. Hagen-Bras? I'm disappointed. No, no. I was expecting an ice cream. It, because Hagen Dazs. I was expecting like an ice cream flavor, not an ice cream. Hagen, Hagen, bras, uh-huh. meaning Hagen-Bras. like. It's taken up all the bras space. I yeah. think it's very clever. Okay. You know what? It's just like some people like my music, some people don't. That's fair. Some people like my hogged bras joke. Some people don't like it. <laughs> it's not for everyone. Oh, I have to get up again. Ah, crap. She keeps leaving me, folks. I'm sorry. I feel this episode should be like, where the f- is Rochelle? Um... Journey to diagnosis for women with autism. See, is it is it appropriate for me to be talking about this because I'm a dude? It'd be kind of like me talking about like uh, other things. Hold on, I'm trying to think. Give me a minute, folks. Give me a minute. I think we're almost done here. We're gonna have a short-lived episode, and then we're gonna do another one tomorrow. Um. Well, let's go into the details of this daily life stuff. For paper clutter, it often feels like you're drowning in paper. We already know this. Overspending, you often overspend to compensate for other problems. Thank God Rochelle's back. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. She He's keeps just, abandoning me. I don't mean to. It's just we're, we're off schedule. His routine right now is uh, he's used to some um, uninterrupted connection time uh, at this point, And I thought he would be more distracted by. It's not. No, he's craving I think we're going to have to call it early this time. Oh, that's interesting. But not too bad. It's almost 50 minutes. So I appreciate your patience, but, uh, you know, mom time comes first. So, what do you think? I think we've done a good job. Look, I really appreciate that you allowed me to explore this topic a little bit further. Me too. Um, I feel like we, as an entire culture, need to... Consider the possibility that when, especially the women in our society, don't function exactly the way you think women should, um, slow your roll on your judgments and really start learning some compassion because there's so much going on behind the scenes that you don't know. And throwing that social judgment can often be a boulder that just sends women further and further into their anxiety and depression. And without the community support like we're giving to men, that's dangerous. Men aren't really getting that much support, by the way. I think everyone's being crapped on here. Well, I agree with that, too. But, I mean, just from a diagnosis standpoint, men are still diagnosed four to- three out of four times um, more than women. The same with ADHD. I mean, it's 75% to 25%, and I don't think that's correct. Yeah. I don't think that's a fair representation of what's going on. So on the flip side, I would also encourage women, if you feel like any of the things we have talked about, uh, are they do apply to you and you've, you know, you're struggling to yeah, cope. You're AD, you have ADHD, you're talkative. Let's hear it. Yeah. Talk join, it up. Join the Facebook group. Let us know what your, what your thoughts are, but also be an advocate for yourself. I mean... When you're constantly feeling like you're in a... Dep- when I say freeze state of mind, 
because that's how it, that shut down feeling like you don't feel like you can express yourself you don't feel like your opinion matters you you feel that kind of sinking in your chest down into your stomach you you don't don't really have that motivation to get up and move like those are things that that's a biological response to neurological stimulation that could be depression it could be anxiety it could be expressions of autism or ADHD and i would really encourage you to self advocate and go find medical or mental help. I mean, it takes it takes a community to take care of a community, but you also need to ask for help. How how easy was it for you to ask for help? Piece of cake. Tell the truth. Not easy. Tell it, I felt forced. Yeah, you you were forced. I was forced. You know what's really weird though is because it was like it was it was like it was our relationship was on the line and it was like figure this stuff out and you know what didn't save our relationship surprisingly we have an amazing relationship it is we have a friendship we are co-parenting we just went out to dinner tonight we hardly ever fart or fornicate together well that is true that is absolutely true but for (laughs) for (laughs) for separating it's a lot of freezing and a lot of fighting (laughs) no i don't think we do either of those things anymore Actually, considering we're separated, which is, you know, I say that for Blake's future girlfriends, we are separated. Why do you say that? It's like, whatever. So, okay. because I know they, they get intimidated no one's, uh, no, yeah. by the fact that we the, have The this first thing I'm going to do if I meet a woman is to be like, listen to the podcast I do with my wife. Right. But most people who are separated and in this stage of a, of a relationship aren't also friends. They don't mm-hmm. spend the holidays together. I'm pretending. They don't go out to eat. They don't, go, you know, take their son to mutual places like we do. We go to the gym or the we go to. You do not go to the gym. I, well, you go on Saturdays. But I meant to say like the zoo or the aquarium. Yeah. Like There's places we go together. And most of our photos and, and things on Facebook, unless you knew that we were separated, we do not appear to be separated. That is uncommon. That shows you we're sneaky. How much we have worked on our relationship to yeah. bring it to this very positive point. Yes. Oh, come with you. Uh oh. Okay. Well, I think that's probably it for me for the night because he is persistent. All right. Well, let's call it a night. Let's. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about this more. Please uh, again join the the Facebook group. Um, share the podcast. Absolutely. You don't so- sound autistic. Um, I'm still Blake and I'm Rochelle and we will be back. Cue the music. Woo-hoo.